and the ten-mile drive was an anxious time for him, in spite of all the precautions he insisted upon. At last, his front door was reached, and Collins, the butler, came out. Look here, Collins, you must help me with this thing. It's a delicate job. We must get it out upright, see. It's full of little things that mustn't be displaced more than we can help. Let's see, where shall we have it? After a pause for consideration... Really, I think I shall have to put it in my own room, to begin with at any rate, on the big table, that's it. It was conveyed, with much talking, to Mr. Dillett's spacious room on the first floor, looking out onto the drive. The sheeting was unwound from it, and the front door thrown open, and for the next hour or two Mr. Dillett was fully occupied in extracting the padding and setting in order the contents of the rooms. When this thoroughly congenial task was finished, I must say that it would have been difficult to find a more perfect and attractive specimen of a doll's house in Strawberry Hill Gothic than that which now stood on Mr. Dillett's large knee-hole table, lighted up by the evening sun which came slanting through three tall slash windows. It was quite six feet long, including the chapel or oratory which flanked the front on the left as you faced it, and the stable on the right. The main block of the house was, as I have said, in the Gothic manner. That is to say, the windows had pointed arches and were surmounted by what are called ogival hoods, with crockets and finials, such as we see on the canopies of tombs built into church walls. At the angles were absurd turrets, covered with arched panels. The chapel had pinnacles and buttresses, and a bell in the turret, and coloured glass in the windows. When the front of the house was open, You saw four large rooms, bedroom, dining room, drawing room and kitchen, each with its appropriate furniture in a very complete state. The stable on the right was in two storeys, with its proper complement of horses, coaches and grooms, and with its clock and gothic cupola for the clock bell. Pages, of course, might be written on the outfit of the mansion. How many frying pans, how many gilt chairs, what pictures, carpets, chandeliers, Four posters, table linen, glass, crockery and plate it possessed. But all this must be left to the imagination. I will only say that the base, or plinth, on which the house stood, for it was fitted with one of some depth which allowed of a flight of steps to the front door and a terrace, partly balustraded, contained a shallow drawer or drawers, in which were neatly stored sets of embroidered curtains, changes of raiment for the inmates, and in short, all the materials for an infinite series of variations and refittings of the most absorbing and delightful kind. Quintessence Horace Walpole, that's what it is. He must have had something to do with the making of it. Such was Mr. Dillett's murmured reflection as he knelt before it in a reverend ecstasy. Simply wonderful. This is my day and no mistake. Five hundred pounds coming in this morning for that cabinet, which I never cared about. And now this tumbling into my hands, for a tenth at the very most of what it would fetch in town. Well, well, it almost makes one afraid something will happen to counter it. Let's have a look at the population, anyhow. Accordingly, he set them before him in a row. Again, here is an opportunity which some would snatch at, of making an inventory of costume. I am incapable of it. There were a gentleman and lady, in blue satin and brocade, respectively. 
There were two children, a boy and a girl. There was a cook, a nurse, a footman, and there were the stable servants, two postillions, a coachman, two grooms. Anyone else? Yes, possibly. The curtains of the four-poster in the bedroom were closely drawn round all four sides of it, and he put his finger in between them and felt in the bed. He drew the finger back hastily, for it almost seemed to him as if something had, not stirred perhaps, but yielded in an odd live way as he pressed it. Then he put back the curtains which ran on rods in the proper manner, and extracted from the bed a white-haired old gentleman in a long linen nightdress and cap, and laid him down by the rest. The tale was complete. Dinner time was now near, so Mr. Dillard spent but five minutes in putting the lady and children into the drawing-room, the gentleman into the dining-room, the servants into the kitchen and stable.